Tell me the story of Jesus Right on my heart every word Tell me the story most precious Sweetest that ever was heard Tell of the angels in chorus Sing as they welcome his birth Glory to God in the highest Peace and good tidings on earth Tell me the story of Jesus Right on my heart every word Tell me the story most precious Sweetest that ever was heard I really thank God to be able to, to sing with you again. It's special. It's special. God is bringing me back. He's bringing me back. I'd like to welcome everybody here at North Provide Church of Christ, uh, especially the ones who are visiting with us. You are our special guests. You know, we're, we're, uh, we're, we're really focusing on doing the will of God. We're really uh, focusing on fellowship and loving one another, being a part of each other's life. That's where we're at. That's where we want to be. All I can say is for this year and the rollouts that we plan, the uh, the elders are excited. Uh, as you heard, uh, our minister, he's excited. And uh, even Charlie, he smiles when we talk about it. So we know he's excited. So uh, just get ready. Make sure you put your seatbelts on. Uh, get ready to grow in the Lord. Now this part of our worship service, uh, as we, we gather together, one of, one of the things is remembering what Jesus has done for us. He gave up his life for us. That's, a, that's, that's, that, and that's what we, we were. We were out there. We were out there. We were lost. We didn't know where to go. He gave up his life for us. So please, uh, please remember that and think about that. And when we come in contact with, with people we love, tell them the story of Jesus. Now Chuck White is going to bring the lesson to us, the message to us, and you know Chuck, Chuck is going to stay with the Word of God. He's going to be straight and uh, he's going to uh, uh, encourage us, build, each, build us up, and uh, uh, he's going to give us some enthusiasm. So please uh, uh, take in those nuggets and uh, stay close to, to God. That's where we need to be. All right, let's go to our Heavenly Father in prayer. 
Father, we thank you for this opportunity, Father, to be a part of your church. We thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, who made that, made that possible. Father, we ask you continues to uh, watch over and take care of us, build us up. Father, we thank you for the, the new life class that we started this morning. I ask you to bless that, Father. And may it be a blessing to uh, the members who, uh, who are participating in that and trying to learn more about you. Father, thank you for my North Brevard family, Father. Father, thank you for Thank you for loving us and, and bringing us back to you. This prayer we pray in the name of your Son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Give thanks with a grateful heart. Give thanks to the Holy One. Our congregational scripture reading this morning comes from Matthew 10, verses 32 through 33. Shall we read together? Therefore, whoever confesses me before men, him will I also confess before my Father, who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, him will I also deny before my Father, who is in heaven. We bring the sacrifice of
Savior, lead me lest I Let us bow. Father, this time of year, so many, so many in this world focus on being like others. But this is the time, as is every day, to focus on being a better us. You have blessed us to be who we are, given us certain gifts, certain quirks, certain skills, certain talents. Give us the strength to focus on those, develop those, knowing that you have a plan for us, Father. Father, as we see opportunities come up in life, give us the strength to pay attention. It could be opportunities for us to grow and let our light shine and show this world the opportunity to be Christ-like is something to embrace. Give us a chance to love up on each other, our brothers, our sisters near us, as we go through trials and tribulations, as we endure loss, as we endure new incoming additions, birth, change. Change is inevitable in this world. Give us the strength to embrace, to change, to be a better, a better person, better individuals, a better church for you, Father. Father, and for all those who are making poor choices, Give us the strength to let our light shine so bright they can't help but see it. Whether they want to or not, it's there. It's there and shining. Father, as the brother brings the lesson to us today, let it be in a way that we can clearly understand, take it in, and apply it to our lives. In the name of the Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior and King. Amen. Our next song will help prepare our hearts and minds for observance of the Lord's Supper.
slowly. There is a name. spent time and thinking about the new year and maybe there's some things that we should change some things that we do should do better we seem to focus on that every January 1st about maybe ways that we can do something better or improve ourselves on the first day of every week we do something much more important that's we recognize it's not about us. It's about Jesus Christ and what he did for us. That's what enables us to do things. That's what enables us to change our lives. That's what enables us to be relieved of those burdens, those sins that we have committed that can drag us down and take us down and give us a new perspective on how we can be better Christians and how we can serve others. As we partake of these emblems of his body and his blood, let's focus on how important that is to us, how meaningful it is for us, and how enabling it is for us to be forgiven of our sins and to move past those sins and be new again. Let's pray for us. We partake of the unleavened bread. Heavenly Father, we thank you so very much for your son's life. That perfect example, Father, that came to this earth, Father, to demonstrate your power, to establish the new covenant, Father, to show us how to be 
selfless and how to serve. Be with us now as we partake of this emblem of that perfect life. We pray this in your son's name. Amen. Christ also, as a selfless person, gave his life and shed his blood for the remission of our sins. It washes away those things that can burden us, as I said. As we partake of this through the vine, this emblem of that blood that was shed for our sins, focus on how blessed we are as a result of that. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your sacrifice of the Son upon the cross. He selflessly gave himself, Father, to wash us of our sins. We thank you so very much for that gift, Father. We pray this in your Son's name. Amen. At this time, we'd like to remember the many blessings that we've been given. Blessings of our home, our health, our safety. The blessings that we have are those physical things that are given to us. Let's also remember the blessings we have of our time and our talents and the opportunities we have to share with others. As William said, the elders are embarking on several things to be able to renew evangelizing and spreading the word in the community and to our, those people that we know. Sure, money comes in handy to do many things and to allow us as a body to serve others, to help others. <clears throat> but our talents in our time are very important as we go through our life to share the word with others and to share our time and our experiences with others to help them find their way. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so very much for all those blessings you give to us. And we pray, Father, that as we contribute that the monies would be used to spread your word. We pray also, Father, you would help us to be sharing in our time and our talents to spread the word to those that are in need. We pray this in your son's name. Amen. Morning again. All right, I'm going to be reading for you 1 John chapter 4, verse, verse, verse 15. If you'd like to, you can turn to it. If not, it's right above. And it reads, whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him, and he in God. Amen.
At this time, children second grade and under may be dismissed for class. Our song before the lesson this morning, He Keeps Me Singing. If it's convenient, shall we stand? Good morning. Normally, oh, that's pretty good. Normally, I don't get to wear a suit, and uh, sometimes it get a little bit warm up here, but today it's nice and cool. Of course, I haven't worn it in a while. I figured out there's not as much of me as it used to be, so now I have a double-breasted coat. You know, I've listened to where the elders, they want to go. Matt's had uh, sermons that have been focused at that. So this occurred to me as a, a subject that would be helpful also as we're trying to reach the lost. Why can't I just be neutral? Why don't I have to commit to one side or the other side? So I've got a few questions, some scripture to back it up, and some takeaways. In an hour or two, we'll be done. We'll be good. <laughs> so the first one. Probably turn it on. It works better. I'm okay if I just do good, right? I mean, if you be a good person, you do good things, I'm okay, right? Might be leading to a little bit to that out of Matthew. Then Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone wants to come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it. Whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what good will it do a person if he gains the whole world but forfeits his soul? Or what will a person give in exchange for his soul? For the Son of Man is going to come in glory of his Father with his angels and will then repay every person according to his deeds or activity. So you kind of get an impression if you're talking to somebody and you're trying to bring them to Christ, well, they can look at it and say, well, it's deeds, it's what you do. But then again in Matthew, makes it a little clearer. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only those who does the will of, the, of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, 
Did we not prophesy in your name and in your name cast out demons and in your name perform many miracles? Then I will declare them, I never knew you. Leave me, you who practice lawlessness. So he clarified it a little bit later. He says, your motivation has to be right. You did all these things, but you, you didn't do it to serve me. You did it to say, look at me. Look at what I can do. And you used my name to do it. Even worse. So it's not a matter of what you do that earns your salvation. Next one. So, do I have to either be for or against Christ? Can't I just kind of stay in the middle? You know, kind of, kind of have a society that says, hey, we've got a party. You know, plan it together. We need to know who's going to be there. Well, I'll let you know. They can't make a decision. Am I going to go? Am I not going to go? So they just don't say anything. And they don't show up. So they sit on the fence. Can you sit on the fence? Out of 1 John. Children, it is the last hour. And just as you heard the Antichrist is coming, now even many Antichrists have appeared. From this, we know that it is the last hour. They went out from us, but they were not really of us. For if they had been of us, they would have remained with us. But they went out, so that it would be evident that they are not of us. But you have an anointing from the Holy One, and you all know. I have not written to you because you do not know the truth, but because you know it, and because no lie is of the truth. Who is the liar except the one who denies that Christ, Jesus is the Christ? This is the Antichrist, the one who denies the Father and denies the Son. Whoever denies the Son does not have the Father. The one who confesses the Son has the Father also. So now you have the contrast between dying and acknowledging or confessing the Son. If you're either for Him or you're against Him. You're either pro-Christ, if you will, or anti-Christ. But there's no middle ground. John didn't talk about any middle ground. Talks about it further in chapter 4. Beloved, I do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. Because many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard is coming, and now is already in the world. So John's talking here now to test the spirit. Where is the spirit of where you hear this word coming from? Are the things that are coming from this person where the spirit's in them of God? Are they the things that we've written? Because this is a very late book that John's written. Are they the things that we've taught you in the past? Or are they things that are totally different than what we taught in the past? If they're different than what's in the past, that spirit is of the Antichrist. Against Christ. Not with Christ. So he's putting the two categories between of Christ, not of Christ. He goes on to say, children, the last hour, just as you have heard the Antichrist is coming... Even now, many antichrists have appeared. From this, we know that is the last hour. They went out from us. They did not really of us. And I'll skip on down. Who is a liar except the one who denies Jesus is the Christ? This is the antichrist, the one who denies the Father and the Son. 
So again, he talks about it. He reiterates what he said earlier in the book of John, 1 John. Is he says, the person who denies Christ is a liar. And the Antichrist, because he's denying Christ. Well, what about if I don't believe, if I do believe, I kind of believe, sort of believe. But I'm really not going to do anything about it. What I picked here was a passage where there's believers... But they're not doing anything about it. They really haven't gotten off, if you will, the bench and gotten in the fight. Because it's a fight. Out of Revelation chapter 3. To the angel of the church in Laodicea write, The Amen, the faithful and the true witness, the origin of the creation of God says, I know your deeds, that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish that you were either cold or hot. So, that you, so because you are lukewarm, And neither hot nor cold, I will vomit you out of my mouth. Because you say, I am rich, and I have become wealthy, and I have no need of anything. And you do not know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. So this is the church in Laodicea. This would have been one of the churches probably Paul planted up in Asia Minor, up around the area of Turkey. And this is a final book. This is out of John's vision that he saw when he was on the Isle of Patmos. And he was telling to say, this is what I saw about the seven churches. And Laodicea is one of the seven churches. And he says, you're neither hot nor cold. You're not, you're not doing anything. You're sitting there saying, isn't it great? Look how I've been blessed. I'm rich. And everybody that. And you're not doing anything for God. Everything you've done is focused at yourself. And he says, I wish you were either cold. In other words, you ignored me. You said, not going to do anything about God. Or you were hot. You're passionate. You're working for God. But you're not. You're neither. I can't get you to do anything either way because you're lukewarm. They want to get back to where they need to be. If they want to get back with God, he says, I advise you to buy from me gold refined by fire so that you may become rich. I want you to regain that passion. And white garments that you may close yourself and and the shame of your nakedness will not be revealed. And the eye of Sal to apply to your eyes that so you may see. They need to see. They need to see where they're at. They need to understand the position they have allowed themselves to get into to say, I'm not doing anything anymore for the Lord and I'm comfortable with it. And he's saying, you need, you need not to be comfortable with it. The person who's neutral and says, I'm fine with my life right now. I'm comfortable. I don't need to do anything one way or another. And what he's saying is, you can't live like that. Those whom I love, I rebuke and discipline. Therefore, be zealous and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and he will will dine with him and he with me. The one who overcomes, I will grant to him to sit with me on my throne. As I also overcame and sat with my father on his throne. The one who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. So that's a warning to say you need to get working. And certainly the ideas that that the elders are looking forward as far as the congregation here. And we have a lot of people who do wonderful work here. But it's what can we do? What else can we do? What more can we do? How do we reach out to those people that are lost? What's the big deal about confessing who he is? Why do I have to say it? What's the point? Yeah, I kind of know. 
out of 1 John again. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God remains in him and he in God. You're not going to have God in you if you don't confess him. Why would he go reside somewhere with someone who won't even say who he is? We have come to know and have believed the love which God has for us. God is love. And the one who remains in love remains in God, and God remains in him. By this, love is perfected with us, so that we may be, have confidence in the day of judgment. Because he is, we also are in the world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear, because fear involves punishment. And the one who fears is not perfected in love. We love because he loved us. So we have perfection through him in his love to avoid being afraid of punishment because he's in us. We have confidence that he's in us. But the first step towards that is confessing who he is. Son of God, the sacrifice, the prophet, the priest, the king that came to us that continually goes in, mediates for us, helps us, sent the Holy Spirit to help us. In Matthew, So do not fear them, for there is nothing concealed that will not be revealed, or hidden that will not be known. What I tell you in the darkness, tell in the light, and what you hear whispered in your ear, proclaim on the housetops. And do not be afraid of those who kill the body, but are unable to kill the soul, but rather fear him who is able to destroy both the soul and the body in hell. Are two sparrows not sold for an Assyrian? And yet, not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your father. But even the hairs of your head are all counted. So do not fear. You are more valuable, valuable than a great number of sparrows. Therefore, everyone who confesses me before people, I will confess him before my father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before people, I will also deny him before my Father. Why confess? Because he's going to confess you. He says, I know him. Or I know her. She's my brother. She's my sister. She's in. But if you deny him, and you can deny by the way you look at things. We can deny by the way we look at things. We can conduct our lives in such a way that we deny God because we ignore him. We don't have to say, I deny he's Jesus, the son of God. He can just say, I'm not going to do what he wants. We deny him. I'm in Revelation, back in Revelation. To the angel of the church in Sardis, and it should be Revelation 1 through 5, be constantly alert and strengthen the things that remain, which were about to die. For I have not found your deeds completed in the sight of my God. So remember that you have received and heard, and keep it and repent. Then, if you are not alert, I will come like a thief, and you will not know at what hour I will come to you. But you have a few people, chosen people in Sardis, who have not sold their garments, and they will walk with me in white, for they are worthy. The one who overcomes will be clothed in the same way in white garments, and I will not erase his name from the book of life. And I will confess. He will confess you before the angels to his father in heaven to get in. So, destinations. How many are there? Is there one? Is there two? Is there three? Is there a middle ground somewhere where kind of like the parking lot when you're waiting to pick somebody up at the airport? 
You can kind of park in that neutral area. Or is there, is there just two? In Matthew, but when the Son of Man comes in glory, and all the angels with him, then he will sit on his glorious throne, and all the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate them one from another, just as the shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will send to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. So to kind of keep track between the goats and the sheep, I kind of went through the green and the, the fuchsia as far as the colors. The sheep would be those on his right. They can inherit the kingdom. They're the children of God. They're the ones that go into the eternal place with God. Matthew talks about it when he's talking about the people that he's talking about. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. Naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, the ones on the right. Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? And when did we see you as a stranger and invite you in or naked and clothe you? And when did we see you sick or in prison or come to you? And the king will answer and say to them, Truly I say to you, to the extent that you did it to the least of the brothers or the sisters of mine, you did it for me. So again, he's tying it back to where you're going to say, where was your heart? What did your heart and your faith lead you to do? Did you do what you needed to do to your brothers and sisters? Brothers and sisters is everybody. Did you reach out? Did you help people? Did you love your neighbor as you loved yourself? Is really what he's saying. These people did it. They said, when did we see you, when did we see you to do it to you? And he says, as, little, as much as you did it to my brothers and sisters, you did it to me. That's why we're here, to help each other, to love each other. He goes on and say in Matthew, then he will also say, those on his left, remember the green was the goats, depart from me, you cursed people, into the eternal fire which has been prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was stranger, and you did not invite me in. Naked, and you did not clothe me. Sick, and in prison, and you did not visit me. Then they themselves will also will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry, or thirsty, or as a stranger, or naked, or sick, or in prison, and did not take care of you? Then he will answer them, truly I say to you, to the extent which you did it for one of the least of these, you did not do it for me either. These will go away in eternal punishment, the goats, but the righteous into eternal life. So you really only have two places that he talks about it in Matthew. This was early. This is Christ when he was talking, when he was in his three-year ministry here on the earth. It's reaffirmed by John when he was, again, on the Isle of Patmos, looking into the vision of the future, what was to be. In Revelation, chapter 14, Then I looked, and behold, a white cloud, and sitting on the cloud was one like a son of man, with a golden crown on his head. That's Christ. And a sharp sickle in his hand. And another angel came out of the temple, calling with a loud voice to him who sat on the cloud, Put your sickle and reap, for the hour to reap has come, because the harvest of the earth is ripe. Then he who sat on the cloud swung the sickle over the earth, and the earth was reaped. This is the gathering of his church. 
his called out, his people, his brothers and his sisters to eternity in heaven with God. It kind of likens it to uh, what we studied this morning in class, which was the fig tree, which is the fruit that was brought forward. The first fruit brought forward is the people who followed Christ, the people who loved Christ, the people that were motivated by their faith to do things for Christ, to reach people, to help people that are here. He goes on to say, And another angel came out of the temple, which is in heaven, and he also had a sharp sickle. Then another angel, the one who has the power over fire, came out from the altar. And he called with a loud voice to him who had a sharp sickle, saying, Put in your sharp sickle and gather the clusters from the vine of the earth, because her grapes are ripe. So the angel swung his sickle to the earth and gathered the clusters from the vine of the earth and threw them into the great wine press of the wrath of God. So this is the second reaping that goes on that talks about in Revelation. And this is into the great wine press of God. These are the people who chose to deny people, deny God by their actions, by their interactions, and what awaits them. It's one of the two places. The Bible doesn't talk about a third place that's neutral colors and neutral things and neutral air and everything like that. There's no third place to go to. There's just one or the other. You confess them, you're there. If you don't confess them, you fall into the second category. You can't be neutral. No one, I can't be neutral. You can't be neutral. But a lot of people believe they can or just do good things. But that's not what the scriptures are about. So some takeaways. Only have three. Pretty simple. First one. There's no neutral ground. Someone's either for God or against God, but not sitting on the fence. If you're not for him, you're against him. You can't, you, you can't fall in the category, we can't fall in the category of thinking, well, we're, just, we're not doing anything against him. Well, if you're not doing anything for him, you're against him. That's, that's how the scriptures look at it. We look at it differently. We like that neutral ground. Just kind of stay out of the fray, right? Stay out of the fight. But this one here, it says, no, you can't do that. You're either going to fall in one category or another. We don't earn our way into heaven. It's not what we do. It's not how much we do. It's a matter of our heart and our faith. What's in our heart? Why are we doing what we're doing? And it's a matter of his sacrifice and his grace. We can't earn it. But if we have our heart right, if we love God with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind, we're trying to please him to do those things that he wants us to do, which is to help each other, to bring people to him, to understand who he is so his sacrifice can help them like it's helped us. That's where our heart needs to be. And faith that we have the hope of eternity with him in heaven and the confidence that we have it. He puts his spirit in us so we have that confidence. Because of that, because of his sacrifice, our sins are taken away. And through grace, we're forgiven. Third one, there's only two destinations. There's no middle ground. 
you're either going to be in one spot or another spot. And I've talked a lot about confession. But what follows the confession is a realization to say, do you believe in him or not? And if you believe in him, then you're going to look at it and say, well, you know, I understand what he did. He came here. He died. He was buried. And his spirit resurrected him. Same thing happens with us. We die to ourselves. We make that decision to follow him and confess him. We die to who we are. What do you do with the corpse? You bury it. You call it baptism, but you immerse them. Out of that watery grave, the same thing happens that happened to Christ. His spirit goes in us and raises us up and cleanses us and puts us in a situation where we're right with God. I know where I want to go. I think I know where everybody here wants to go. But there's a lot of people that think possibly we, we, we can kind of opt out of it. And you can't. If there's some things that we can do for you this morning, pray to you to say, we want to strengthen you. We want to help you with your resolve to, to reach out to others. We can. If there's some things that bother you this morning that you'd like the prayers of the church that we can help you, we can help you with that as well. And if you haven't put on Christ, but I think most people have, we can help you with go ahead and putting on Christ to confess him, to die to yourself, to be immersed, and to be raised by the Spirit. If it's open to you this morning, please come forward and stand and sing. up thy cross and follow me, I heard my master say. I gave my life to ransom thee, surrender your Thank you, Chuck. Um, as Chuck says, there's, there's no middle ground. I hate to compare it to flipping a coin. You're going to call it heads or tails. There's no call it on the side. Either you're with God or you're without God. Um, and being with him, I mean, you can't pick the neutral ground because there's responsibilities there. That loving, the giving, the, the sharing the good news is all responsibility we have. And there are a lot of people that fall into that neutral ground and say, yeah, I love Christ, but they don't 
pick that up and that's kind of the neutral and it's not a place we can be. So please consider, please look at your life, look at what you're doing and consider where you're at and uh, don't be lukewarm. That's my, that's my message is maybe don't be lukewarm, try to do what you can. Uh, I'm going to start out a little bit of lost and found. Um, if you're going to Mount Everest later this year, we found this. It's been on a pew for a while. It's, I think it's, I don't know, it's a Snuggie maybe and some uh, gloves. Um, if that's yours, come see me. And this is either, it's either a kid's toy or it's a timer for one of the uh, senior adult games or maybe somebody keeping track of how long Matt speaks. I'm not really sure. But anyways, if that belongs to you, see me. It's cool. You can have it back, I promise. Um, got pictures with slides. Um, food pantry. Food pantry is continuing to, to go on. We're trying to, before we try to cut back the number of people we serve, we're looking at ways to cut costs. Uh, and that's what our preferred way to do is figure out a way to serve the number of people we're serving. Um, and what we're trying to do, one of the things we're trying to do is each month have a focused giving. This month we're trying to bring in 200 one-pound boxes of spaghetti and 200 jars of sauce during the month. That's, and they will be handed out. We bring those in in January. They will be handed out in February. That's what it takes to, to give away as part of the giveaway. Uh, each family gets a, about a $6 bag of groceries. Includes a one-pound box of spaghetti and a jar of sauce. I will tell you that is not enough to feed my family. It's barely enough to feed me myself. So... Um, I had roommates who had pasta blowout night, and that was, uh, never mind, three-pound box of spaghetti and all the sauce you could eat, but mm, good days. So hopefully we're going somewhere that's got spaghetti today for lunch. Anyways, bring spaghetti in, help support our food pantry if you can. Uh, the senior adults are going to go to Hollover Canal on Thursday at 10 o'clock. They're going to meet here. They're going to take the Jesus van out to Hollover, and they're going to look at uh, manatees. If you've never seen the manatees out there, it's a good time. It's a good time to see them. Um, so I tell you to go to the end of the thing and look down in the shallow water and they like to hang out down there. And afterwards they're going to go to Hoffman's table. Hopefully Hoffman's table is a big enough table for everybody to go to. So enjoy that. If you're a senior, come on out. Thursday at 10, ride the Jesus van. There's too many of you. Take your own car. You can figure it out. So uh, Florida School of Preaching, their annual lectureship is this week, the 16th to 19th, was that Monday through Thursday. It's online. If you're interested in that, um, it's go to fsop.net. Uh, they, they broadcast it. I think it's an audio and video. Um, if you're interested in that kind of thing, it's a good thing to do. Uh, Chad Tagto is involved with the School of Preaching. John Fisher goes to the School of Preaching, too. So uh, just give you a heads up on that. Uh, Glenda Massey. Um, Glenda Massey passed away last Saturday evening. And... Uh, it was announced last week, but it wasn't in the bulletin, but we want to make sure people were aware in case they didn't get message of that. We um, had our memorial service here on Thursday, and uh, we sent her away in style. Uh, we, had, we had a good fellowship meal afterwards, enough food to feed two armies, I think. So if you like chicken, it was a place for chicken. If you like desserts, her daughters did a great job of uh, bringing out her desserts, and they even had the recipes out there if you were interested. Uh, they did a, a very good job, and I know her family appreciated what we did for that, for them, and uh, showed that love. So, anyways, I just for those that didn't know, prayers. Um, the prayer list in the bulletin. Uh, one addition I want to do there. It's my fault that she didn't make it. 
But Wanda Bauer had a, a place removed on her ear, and it was a biopsy, and she's a wooden prayers that it doesn't turn out to be cancer. That's one thing that she wants to be aware of. Um, I guess in the same kind of thing, yeah, forget that. Um, we have a New Life Bible study. William alluded to that in his prayer. He didn't just allude to it. He talked about it. The New Life Bible study, uh, it kicked off this morning. Doug Gertis is doing that in the old youth minister's office, the small little room that used to be full of junk. Uh, Matt's closet, as it's known to some people, it's being cleaned out. We're going to use it for real stuff as Matt moves to the big office. But that classroom down there, room eight, is where the class is going to be. Doug's got books ordered. Uh, Foundations of Faith is the name of the books from the Gospel Advocate. It'll give you information on being a Christian, give you information about the church in general. It's a good study. Uh, I encourage you to uh, join Doug uh, with that class. I think Shad may be helping out with that too. So they kicked off this morning. And uh, if you're interested, see them. See them. Um, also tonight, tonight Mike O'Neill is going to be our speaker. Mike's going to speak. His sermon is called The Mighty Widow, M-I-T-E-Y. That'll give you an indication if you know the story, The Mighty Widow. So come see Mike. Come hear Mike. Come worship with us at 5 o'clock. And on Wednesday night, we're going to have Bible class here. Um, Matt started a new series called The New Testament Church. So that's what we're studying on Wednesday nights. Come please be a part of that or come join us online. Um, one other thing. Um, we are putting Brent Fitzgerald's name before the congregation um, to, for Brent to serve as an elder. So we, uh, Brent has faithfully served his congregation for a number of years. He's been a deacon I think 18 and a half years, I think, is how long Brent's been a deacon. So um, he's done a lot of stuff for the church. Brent's full of wisdom. Uh, Brent doesn't say a whole lot sometimes, but when he does, it's gold. So we would like Brent to be an elder to help serve this congregation. Brent would like to be an elder and serve this congregation. We ask you, that William and Charlie and I, if you have a reason that Brent should not serve the congregation as an elder, a scriptural reason, come to us. Put it in writing, put your name on it, but bring it to us. The, um, the qualifications for being an elder, they're in the bulletin on the first page, but I'll go ahead and read them here too. But 1 Timothy 3, verses 1 through 7, the saying is trustworthy. If anyone aspires to the office of overseer, he desires a noble task. Therefore, an overseer must be above reproach, the husband of one wife, sober-minded, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, able to teach, not a drunkard, not violent but gentle, not quarrelsome, not a lover of money. He must manage his own household well with dignity, keeping his children submissive. For if someone does not know how to manage his own household, how will he care for God's church? He must not be a recent convert, or he may become puffed up with conceit and fall into the condemnation of the devil. Moreover, he must be well thought of by outsiders so that he may not fall, fall into disgrace into the snare of the devil. And Titus chapter 1 has some more. Um, this is why I left you in Crete so that you might put what remained into order and appoint elders in every town as I directed you. If anyone is above reproach, the husband of one wife, and his children are believers and not open to the charge of debauchery or insubordination, for an overseer as God's steward must be above reproach he must be, not be arrogant, or quick-tempered, or a drunkard, or violent, or greedy for gain, but hospitable, a lover of good, self-controlled, upright, holy, and disciplined. He must hold firm to the trustworthy word as taught, 
so that he may be able to give instruction in sound doctrine and also to rebuke those who contradict it. So again, we would like Brent to uh, become an elder. We put his name before you. If you have a scriptural reason why he's not, please see Charlie, me, or William. Uh, we'd like that in the next couple weeks, till by the end of the month, and then uh, we will we'll go from there. We'd like the chance to talk to you if you have those reasons, and, uh, and talk to Brent, and uh, so you have it. So stay faithful until we meet again. Dear Lord, we thank you for the lesson and the service that we had today. May we apply it in our lives, and may we go out to the world today and be, or this week, and be a shining light for all the world to see. In Christ's name, amen.